Hello and welcome to the Go Gamecocks podcast, presented by the State Newspaper. I'm your host, Greg Hadley, and joining me, as he often does, is reporter Ben Briner. We're here to break down the latest news going on around South Carolina athletics, with the big news of Tuesday being South Carolina football has found its next offensive coordinator in former Colorado State head coach and former Georgia coordinator, Mike Bobo. Ben, you were there when the Board of Trustees approved this contract. You've been talking to a lot of people who know Mike Bobo. You've watched some film of his offense. Let's give our listeners a quick overview of who Mike Bobo is. Mike Bobo is a Georgia guy through and through. He's from South Georgia, played at Georgia, was one of their more successful quarterbacks in the 90s, almost immediately went into coaching, and very quickly ended up back at his alma mater working for Mark Richt, kind of came in there as sort of a assistant quarterback coach, because Rick, coming out of Florida State, really wanted to handle a lot of that. And then Bobo sort of grew into the quarterback guy, and then the offensive coordinator, and the play caller, and established a pretty long track record there, kind of for good and for ill. Uh, Georgia fans got a little bit tired of him at certain points, and he had some pretty talented, really productive offenses. Ended up parlaying that into the Colorado State head coaching job for the past five years. He had three solid seasons coming off of what Jim McElwain had built, then dealing with a health issue in 2018. They uh, fell apart pretty badly and didn't really bounce back last year. That ended up with him, I guess the term was mutually parting ways with Colorado State. Anyway, he, he signed a deal that gave him less buyout money, but it guaranteed it rather than have it have offsetting clauses. Anyway, he was back on the on the free market. Georgia was possibly looking at him. Um, there were some reports of that, some reports that that wasn't really in the mix. He's kind of an interesting offensive mind, runs a modest amount of spread stuff with sort of a, a pro-style spirit, West Coast kind of passing game stuff, and a decent amount of adherence to the power run game, but it's it's pretty flexible overall. Oh, and he was Will Muschamp's teammate in the mid-90s, not for the majority of their careers, because Muschamp, I believe, roomed with Eric Zaire, who's a quarterback before him, but I think they had maybe one or two years of overlap. Yeah, that's kind of seemed to be something throughout this process that, you know, just these mutual ties they have between them, especially as Georgia guys, makes a difference. Yeah, I think he's a guy that Muschamp trusts. He's a guy that Muschamp has gone against a whole bunch between, I think there, I think he was the offensive coordinator in some of Muschamp's Auburn days and during his entire Florida tenure. And the deal he signed was for $1.2 million a year for two years, correct? Correct. And that deal is... I believe 100% guaranteed give or take mitigation, which won't actually come into play this year. So basically it would mean that USC next year would be on the hook for the difference between 1.2 million bucks and whatever he made at whatever new job he happened to get. And uh, looking at USA Today's database of assistant coaches at 1.2 million, that would make him, I think, a top five offensive coordinator by pay. I believe that's true. Now, the tricky part about that database, and I was doing some of the research earlier, is that it's last year's salary. So everyone's going to get a number of bumps. And I want to say, what was it, $24 million coordinators? That, that number is going to go up. So maybe he'll be top 10 rather than top five. Um, but maybe he'll stay in that top top five range. It's, it's always tricky with that database because it comes out basically right as the new batch of contracts start rolling through. And looking at the reaction to Bobo's hire, I thought was interesting. Among the fan base, there kind of seemed to be maybe some apathy in some ways. Is that fair to say, you think? I don't know if it's apathy. I think there are certain ideas about what Mike Bobo does offensively and two, I think, interesting elements of his history that are going to give South Carolina fans questions. 
The first sort of element is he tends to be a little more pro-style, maybe... I haven't looked at the run-pass balance numbers, but he, he likes power football as part of his scheme. And in the modern era, really in a lot of sports stuff, power football isn't kind of the flavor of the of the year, of the week, of the month. I don't know what. Power football isn't really in a vogue. And it's often seen as sort of a thing that is a little bit behind the times and is the kind of thing that powerhouses can run, but schools that might not necessarily have a talent advantage are going to have more trouble running. The thing there is that obviously all the powerhouses are now running the kind of up-tempo spreads that used to be sort of a good underdog tactic, so that that's a little bit tricky. The other two more important elements are Mike Bobo at Georgia produced some very good offenses with an absurd amount of talent. He had A.J. Green, he had more running backs than you can count, he had Aaron Murray, he had Matthew Stafford, he had dudes. And he produced good offenses, but none of them were, per se, some of the Alabama offenses since Lane Kiffin got there, or a Clemson offense. None of them had that, or like LSU this year. None of them had that big breakout crushing everyone kind of year, even though his last team, I think, averaged 41 points a game. None of them kind of had that feeling of, like, this offense that took the country by storm, despite having talent that would make you think that maybe they would have that. Georgia fans, at one point or another, would complain that he needed to run the ball more, and that he threw too much. That became sort of a meme, but that's kind of neither here nor there, because some Georgia fans kind of want him back after they've been dissatisfied with three offensive coordinators in a row. The other factor would be Bobo's offenses were really up and down against South Carolina. I think I I, I looked it over, and there were, I want to say, South Carolina won five of the eight games, and there were a lot of like 17-point, 16-point, 12-point games in there. There were a couple of big scoring days, but there were a lot when some pretty talented offenses didn't produce all that much. I mean, you say Georgia fans wanted him to run the ball more, and uh, I think that's almost kind of an example of what you're talking about. Nowadays, I don't think any fan base wants their offense to run the ball more. Well, I mean, those teams had Dick Chubb and Sonny Michelle and Noshan Moreno and Todd Gurley. So, you know, if you had all those dudes, and I think there was, I ha- I'd have to look up the exact example. I think there was, in some big game, a third and one where they threw the ball and didn't complete it, and Georgia fans got very mad. But, you know, this is going to be a completely different dynamic because, guess what, South Carolina, unless Marshawn Lloyd is real good, does not have Todd Gurley, does not have... Nick Chubb and does not have Sonny Michelle. You mentioned the fact that Georgia fans maybe wanted him back and that there was some discussion, not quite sure how serious it was about him going back to Georgia after this Colorado State job. Would that, in your mind, be, you know, a positive sign for South Carolina? They they got a guy that Georgia fans wanted. I think it can't hurt. I think Mike Bobo is a good offensive coordinator. Now, with the talent he's going to have on hand, what does that mean? What does that look like? I don't know, because... It could get very weird, and, you know, the personnel is somewhat uncertain. There's got to be a lot of guys that step up. They've got to sort of develop some guys. So I think that Georgia fans, after having a couple of, well, two bad offensive coordinators and one very good one that they weren't happy with, kind of fell back and said, well, we remember Mike Bobo made good made this offense good, and they're going to have talent next year for sure because they're Georgia. I don't know if he's going to have kind of a dynamic paradigm changing offense here i kind of doubt it and i don't truly know if there are that many people who bring paradigm changing offenses around anymore i know kaylin DeBoer had an offense that i personally thought fit ryan helinski pretty well but he doesn't have any southeastern connections as far as i know and i think also might get the fresno state head coaching job 
But I think Mike Bobo has the ability to build a good offense. He's tactically pretty smart, and he's a steady hand after you had a, a coach who was doing it for the first time. I don't know that it's a great or unbelievable hire. He wasn't, you know, the top of the the market top type guy. I think he can do a good job, but I don't necessarily know there's a great guarantee. Granted, there wouldn't be a great guarantee with anyone, but I, I don't know there's necessarily a great guarantee he's going to turn this into, you know, 35 points per game kind of thing. Yeah, people talk about winning the press conference, you know, making a slam dunk hire. This doesn't feel like this. That feels more like a, a solid B, you know, a guy that's expected to be good, like you said, but not necessarily bringing radical change or a diamond in the rough or anything like that. I think he could bring radical change to this Gamecocks offense, if only because South Carolina's offense has become super pass-reliant, really the whole Muschamp era, but especially the last two years. I think he could bring some some of that power running back, which at the very least would create more of what I would call a balance in terms of what Will Muschamp wants, because they, they've really not been able to establish a great running game for most of his tenure. I'd call it, you said kind of a B higher, B to B plus, kind of in, in baseball terms, either a solid single or or maybe if you really got a hold of one, kind of a double. But South Carolina probably needs offensive competence and a good quarterback mind to guide Ryan Helensky and Bobo certainly that. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey there. Like what you hear? Good news. You can help ensure the state continues making journalism you love to read, watch, and listen to. If you're more into sports than news, you'd probably like our Sports Pass membership, which gives you access to unlimited sports coverage for just $30 for the first year. Subscribe to Sports Pass at thestate.com slash sportspass. You can also read more Gamecocks news by downloading the Go Gamecocks app or by signing up for our newsletter at thestate.com slash newsletters. Thanks for supporting local journalism. Now, back to today's episode. Yeah, I think it especially speaks to the state of the fan base right now that through this offensive coordinator search, we were all kind of wondering, was there anyone Will Muschamp could even get that would satisfy fans who don't want him there to begin with, you know? Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I mean, the only other two names, I mean, Chad Morris was a name, but seemed like more of a name than a realistic, logical option. Outside of that, the only other big names were Kalen DeBoer, who I mentioned before, and or I should say interesting names, and Warren Ruggiero, I think that's how you pronounce it, from Wake Forest. And frankly, with DeBoer, there wasn't a ton of nit to pick, just because his resume is really weird. And with Ruggiero, I'm sure someone would look up the fact that his Wake Forest offenses haven't been productive in sort of the conventional ways. They've been good, but not necessarily super productive because it's Wake, and the personnel is not that good. So I think there would kind of be lamenting and belly aching about most any of the hires unless you got someone from completely left field who averaged 50 points a game and 600 yards on like the D2 level or something. And that's just not Will Muschamp's style. You know, he's not, I feel like, the kind of guy that's going to take a massive swing like that. Yeah, and I also just, I don't know the number of those kind of offensive minds that are available. Like, you look around the offensive coordinator sort of market this year, it's fine, but it it's not particularly great. I mean, Chad Morris is there, Mike Bobo might be your second best option. 
Kalen DeBoer very likely getting a head coaching job. Ruggiero, I don't, I maybe he stays at Wake. I'm not sure, but it just didn't. Sort of like elsewhere in the head coaching market, there also weren't a terrifically good number of options this this off season. Yeah, you mentioned that we saw across the SEC, I think three head coaching jobs change, and none of them were exactly slam dunk hires either across mid-tier programs. Yeah, you had Ole Miss, Arkansas, and Mizzou, which are probably in the South Carolina stratosphere in terms of kind of attracting a coach and that kind of stuff, what they're going to pay, all that kind of stuff. And they got interesting options. Ole Miss got Lane Kiffin, who has all the baggage in the world, and if he can get it straight, would be pretty good. Um, But you'd also have to put up with a coach who, you know, is going to tweet super outlandish stuff. Missouri got Elia Drinkowitz, who I think could be a pretty good coach, but his entire head coaching resume is one season at a program that won 11 games last year, and he got a quarterback. I think his background's great. I think his offenses at NC State were pretty good, but it ain't like he has a long track record you're going to fall back on. That's kind of a potential hire. And then Sam Pittman, who's a really good offensive line coach and has literally never been a coordinator going to Arkansas. And I'm sure when all three of those jobs let their guys go, they had dreams of Mike Norvell, who I think is a pretty good head coaching candidate, but probably not what Florida State imagined when they fired Willie Taggart. Just there weren't a lot of options. And as much as South Carolina fans were calling for a coaching change, this honestly might not have been the best year to do it. And now, especially with some of the contractual changes that happened this week, Will Muschamp gave up money to help pay for his assistance, and that eats into his buyout considerably. So it would be notably easier to let him go at the end of next season than it was even at the start of this week because the buyout went from $15.5 million if he gets fired around December 1st to 13 and a half. 15.5 is pretty hard to stomach. 13.5, especially when you kind of look at how much it, they took out how much his salary escalated. So South Carolina would owe him three $3.3 million the rest of his contract, so four years. And unless he takes the analyst role on Nick Saban's staff or something, he would probably be in line for a million dollar a year defensive coordinator job. And that would take more than a fourth year buyout right off the table in terms of mitigation. So that deal lines up pretty favorably and and, and could point to potential change next year if things don't go well. All right, that is all for now. We will have more coverage of Mike Bobo and National Signing Day next week. So be sure to check out GoGamecocks.com for the latest updates and rate and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast. Thanks for listening.